bit of a surprise to me this week. Here we go. Right. Uh, grand national entries. There are fewer of them. Most notably, there are very few trained in Britain. Just 31, six of whom are yet to qualify. David Yates, two minutes. Yes, this is a, uh, a disappointing development this week, isn't it? 31 of the 85 trained um, in Britain. I, I, some very interesting comments from Martin Greenwood, the Grand National Handicapper this week, who described it as uh, the continuation of the demise of British jump, uh, jump racing. Very strong words from a, a Big punchy... Big Ben chiming 13 times, he said. Yes, that's right. Um, punchy and passionate, as Martin always is. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to disagree. Um, he pointed to the fact that Irish trainers tend to be a bit more... Um, innovative. Innovative in the way that they campaign their horses in handicaps like the National and the, and the uh, Cheltenham Festival, that they go there uh, more as lightly raced, improving horses. They're, there are obviously more 150-type chasers in Ireland than there are in Britain these days, and the 50%... Uh, ratio is going to go to about 63.37, I think, this year. Jerry? Yeah, it's a tough one, I suppose, really. I, I, when, when, those kind of, when the entries came out this week, obviously you're kind of scanning through to see which ones... Should be there that aren't. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. And I suppose then with the scenario of Sam Thomas's horse, which probably just doesn't help the scenario... I will do it. Not qualified yet. Yeah, which is... like Obviously, that rule is put in place to try keep kind of the, the race in a good way, that horse have enough experience. But I suppose... In, you know, the flip side of this is that when this horse like that, which is which he ticks 90% of the boxes, isn't qualified, it just kind of looks a bit like we're shooting ourselves in the foot a small bit. But I suppose the rules are there. I don't think we can be seen, I don't think they can be seen to be bending the rule for one horse. Or It's just a pity and it's just unfortunate the horse won't get another run over fences between now and, and Cheltenham or and Aintree even to qualify. So a little rule tweaking, do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I suppose the powers that be might look at it, Nick. You might know more than me with regarding that one. Well, I you could, think you could put in races. You could put in races that qualify, couldn't you? Yeah. You could say, you know, the True. Welsh Grand National. You can run or the Classic Chase. Yeah. Automatic winning. You're in. Hmm. Okay. Food yeah, for thought true. as the Grand National entries dip this year, particularly from Britain. Racecourse water shortages. Well, Newbury had a problem earlier in the week because they weren't allowed to use the boreholes between the months of December and February because of a council edict. And that meant that Keith Otterson was suggesting that the ground was going to be much quicker yesterday than otherwise it might have been. They got away with it, though, Jerry, just about. Yeah, I don't think, from what I kind of spoke to a few people and stuff like that, there wasn't too many people kind of talking negatively about the ground, I don't think. You know, I think they have got away with it, luckily. Mm. Um, like I said, it, it's just unfortunate that like, it is, and it's worrying what's going on with the weather and climate change and the way things are going, because like I even think it affects even when you go to the sales now and horses you're buying. There's no point buying a big old-fashioned chasing type anymore because you're narrowing your window of when you can actually run that horse probably in winter. It's like I said, we're, we're in February and horses, like tracks yeah. being watered. Like Cash are good to firm tomorrow. They watered a bit at Warwick yesterday. Doncaster was, was watered last week. It's just, it is very worrying and I think it is something that everything's going to have to kind of change and going to have to make a lot of tweaks. Yeah, the climate change thing is very interesting because the, the general received wisdom from climate change experts is warmer and wetter, isn't it, David? So we had a lot of wet winters and now we've suddenly got a very dry one. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is climate change or if this is just a, a, a weather pattern of a certain period of time. And I'm not a climate change denier. I'm just merely saying mm. that I, people always reach for climate change uh, in horse racing when the ground isn't what we expect it to be. And I would venture to say there have been plenty of times in the past when the ground hasn't 
been what we expect it uh, to be. Yeah, I, I mean, Newbury did get away with it, I think, that that was, you know, Keith, Keith Otterson, there was definite sort of management uh, of, of expectation there, wasn't there, yeah. at the start of the week, and on the whole, it was a competitive card. Yes, the, 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 the game spirit and the, um, the Denman chase didn't have horses that are obvious candidates for Cheltenham, but they got away with it. Um, so yeah, I'd, it's it's a it's a difficult one. This I I, I don't know. I'd, I've got we we're apt to have a pop at Clark, clutch the courses when they overwater, etc., etc. But I certainly wouldn't want to be in their shoes doing uh, the job that they've got to do this winter. I suppose. A very interesting point Jerry made there about what you do when you approach buying horses at the sales for different types of ground. Right. Let's talk about uh, the mare's hurdle for Honeysuckle. One last hurrah for Honeysuckle in the mare's hurdle. Right decision. Wrong decision. Um, I suppose at least we're getting to see her again. I think that was very important because I, I think as you were at the Dublin Racing Festival, mm. I think you, I, I was kind of just listening to your interviews and stuff like that and the immediate uh, kind of I impression I, I was, was getting over, didn't you? was that during like, the coming two or three days after the race that we were going to see the retirement of Honeysuckle. Not that she should be, but I just, that was kind of the initial kind mm. of the, the response I was kind of, kind of taking from the whole thing. But at least we're getting to see her again. Um, I suppose you'd love to see her try to defend her, her, her crown, but they've decided to go the mare's route, which is not going to be an easy task in itself, especially this year. Like The strength and depth in that mare's race this year is very strong. Um, but yeah, it, like I said, I, I'd love to have seen her line up in the champion hurdle, but she's not going to. And um, no, she's, she's going to be, it's going to be a brilliant mare's race this year. It's going to be one of the best races of, this, of the festival, I think. It's all gone topsy-turvy, Dave. Do you like it or not? Uh, no, I don't like it. Um, I think that the, uh, a well-intentioned policy of the the mayor's program has has taken us to a place that we don't really want want to be the 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 mayor's chase on gold cup day has got i think the market's dominated by two irish mayors who are novices i think they've won four ra they're, they're unbeaten in i think four or five races between them uh, over fences it, it's a very strange situation this where the the winners of the last three champion hurdles are running in the mayor's race and I think that's that's taken us down a road we don't want to be. I, you know, I I completely respect the right of any owner to run in whichever race they want. If they, you know, I don't like the idea that everyone must have prizes. I think that you can go to a a championship meeting and be defeated in a championship race and feel proud and feel that what you've seen is is beautiful. That that your horse has run third or fourth in a in a a, a really good renewal of the champion hurdle. Personally, that's I like to think that I would go that way, but this is just because there are now too many opportunities at the Cheltenham Festival. Horses can duck and weave. Crowds at the Dublin Racing Festival, they were very, very good. Um, up north of 18,000 the first day, 15,000 odd the second day, up significant percentage on last year. Jerry, what are they getting right? I suppose it comes down, I suppose the honest answer is they're getting good racing. I think that's one of the massive. Like, and I think it was very interesting the amount of British people that went across. One in, one in, over one in four, twenty-eight percent. Yeah, and fair enough. They're probably going across for you know just a weekend away as well. But they were going across because there was brilliant racing on there, and it was. I just think that festival just slots in very well time-wise, prep like preparations for Cheltenham and stuff like that. But I, I just think the honest answer is that the racing was very, very good. I remember Dave, not that long ago, 15, 16 years ago, you could do a Cheltenham preview night in Ireland, and you could come back here and you could talk about these horses in Ireland as though they were some mystical beasts from a land far away. Now everyone knows, and it's so much better now. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, uh, the, uh, I've only missed the COVID um, 
Dublin Racing Festival. I, I like to go every year. I think it's a fantastic spectacle. It's also very useful for trying to get uh, quotes and stuff for the, the a big Cheltenham pullout. Um, it's, it, it was very interesting, I think, talking to uh, British race goers uh, at Leopardstown. They were saying that you can get um, a really good weekend in one of Europe's, the world's fantastic Cities. most fantastic cities of Dublin uh, you're not paying 900 quid for four of you to sleep in one of those container <laughs> uh, <laughs> things with no toilet some bit of corrugated iron in yeah, the field you, you know you it, it's it's a really good experience they also a couple of people said to me there is no bull with the way that this is the the horse is front and center there's not a lot of other marketing twaddle that racing that they racing doesn't that they don't think racing needs. Obviously, some people do think it needs. Um, they basically said this presents. Ev this is everything a horse, a, a, a race meeting should be, and nothing that it's not. It's 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 done it incredibly well. Um, you know, uh, uh, and it's it's in a way it's fortunate that you've got two days. Uh, as I think Richie Forrestal said in the Racing Post, you can remember the the names of just the winners of just about every race, which you can't do at Cheltenham. But of course, the sport always craves a new audience, and it has been craving a big Netflix-style production for a long time. Netflix are in, courtesy of Box to Box, the makers of Drive to Survive. We've been hearing about this for a couple of years now. They're going down the Kentucky Derby route, and it's this year as well. They need to get going, start filming very soon. Um, but it could be a very interesting project. I'm always, I always pull my hair out on Kentucky Derby night when. Um, People always say it's social media. You know that obviously you've huge experience in America and the the Kentucky Derby walk before the race. The walk over, yeah, from the stables to the to the and, paddock. And, and you walk and interview connections, mm. don't you? As that, yes. Yeah, so and there'd be four or five of us, and we'd take a couple of horses each. So we get like eight or ten connections on the way over. And you 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 you've come across some fascinating people. Always a different character. Um, Steve Coburn, <laughs> of you, you know, of the California Chrome man. Yeah, very interesting people, and. People take to Twitter and say, oh, why don't we do that in Britain? You think, well, mate, we're dealing with the Coolmore Triumvirate or we're dealing basically with Middle Eastern rulers who are not a, as accessible as the good old boys. And probably aren't at the races. Might not be at the races. But in any case, you can't just shove a microphone in their faces as you... Uh, let's just say that the people in America are more accessible. Um, I think it's really interesting that Bob Baffert's role in it. Uh, have we, uh, uh, what, what role will Dottori have? Because his his Kentucky Derby mount has been ruled out. I, I believe is that is that right? Well, um, I mean, he, he's Newgate. got plenty of time to find yeah, himself. Find another one, of course. Yeah. Um, and with Bob Baffert, he will have those horses who will then go to other other stables before running at mm -hmm. Churchill Downs. That will be an interesting yeah. one. People newbies watching that might think, well. Why is this guy? Why are these horses leaving this guy's stable? If you're going to do something, you need to you need to hold be a, be an open book, don't you? Otherwise, the documentary is not not as good. Yeah, definitely. Because you don't want, you you want to just like and I think that was very good about Drive to Survive. You saw warts and all. Yeah, you just like especially with the drivers, how com how competitive and how cutthroat it was. If you weren't performing and you you, ha you were given a window to to up your game or else you were out and like especially like because there was so much money in, in GP as well like the, the owners they weren't um, yeah I, I just think it'll be very interesting and it'll be brilliant hopefully brilliant for the industry
Yeah, we've got to let them tell the story as well. Let the, let the mm. filmmakers tell the story. Not too much interference from uh, too much uh, too much management. White pa white paper has been delayed because of the mini reshuffle. Won't uh, won't be published now. We're talking to Andrew Rhodes, uh, chief executive of the Gramley Commission. It won't be published now till uh, at least after Cheltenham, uh, Dave. But um, we're placing so much importance on when the white paper is released. Is that actually going to change anything anyway when it is? Well, we'll see. But, I mean, it, it's just a recurring theme, isn't it? We're, how many times have I sat in this chair over the last year or so and talked about the delay uh, to the white paper? It's sort of, you know, racing's waiting for Godot, isn't it? Um, I think I was in this chair a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about Paul Scully and his welcome pronouncement that... It's, it's not the role of government or the gambling commission to tell people how they can spend the money that they earn. This was particularly welcome because it was a, a, perhaps not the first, but certainly a rare um, intervention from government to say we, we don't believe in mm. affordability checks, which of course you know, have, have, uh, have been covered widely in the press and, and we've talked about them a lot as to why we think they are uh, an, an unjust invasion I into people's privacy, which is not replicated in other areas of commerce. But anyway, that was two weeks ago. Paul Scully was uh, the gambling minister. He's now been moved to the uh, Department of Science, of Science with Michelle Donnellan, who was uh, the culture secretary. She's been replaced by Lucy Fraser, but we don't yet know, uh, I think, uh, as to the who name, the as to who's is. going to We think replace. it's going to be Stuart Andrew, don't we, right. the sports minister? So we will see. It's just a, a, a long and interminable process. Everyone's got involved in this. Nicky Henderson's got involved, Harry Herbert's got involved, um, Ed Chamberlain's got involved. Everyone's been on the front of the Racing Post talking about affordability checks. Yeah, definitely. And you, they won't be adding my name to it because I've, I'm, I'm a bit distant to it. But I just did think it was interesting with, with your interview with Steve earlier. Like He's a very good example of, he's a racehorse owner. He loves the industry that we all love. He likes having a bet and he says he bets two or three days a week or whatever and he goes racing. And he said he won't be comfortable with people indulging into his private bank accounts and businesses. It's just, like you said, I thought that was a perfect example earlier this morning. Machine Murphy, he's back. Friday the 16th, is it? Is On Thursday. Thursday um, the 16th. Yeah, it could yeah. be um, Chelmsford City has an evening fixture live on racing TV. TV. And it could feature Machine Murphy. Uh, he's going to ride Missed the Cut uh, for George Bowie. In the Neon at, Turf Cup. At, in Saudi Arabia. And... This is, uh, I think it's overstating it, say, the last chance saloon. He's a guy still in his early 20s, and, and we know all about Asheen Murphy's uh, talents in the saddle. He's returning, of course, from a 14-month ban, uh, which was handed down for uh, misleading BHA imp uh, officials as to his whereabouts uh, when he said he was at Lake Como, but in instead he was... Uh, in uh, Mykonos and also the two breath failed breath tests at Newmarket and Salisbury that's so he's back from that of course there was the the three months um, earlier in his career at the end of 2020 the cocaine ban mm. um, so it's not the last chance saloon but of course this is a period where he has to get this right and, and the BHA have made stipulations and conditions of his of his return of license which is which is quite interesting Jerry 
Yeah, and I suppose they had to be seen to be doing something as well, didn't they? And um, like you just think, like Oshin, like he's an incredible talent. We all know that, and he's had plenty of time off now. And I just think he'd let his ride and do the talking. I don't think he'll be um, doing probably too many interviews and stuff like that. I just think he'd want to get back, get on with it. Um, I've seen him riding out in Lambourne, and see, obviously it's interesting that he's riding a good bit for George Bowie, and that's been kind of documented. That he's riding out there and stuff like that. And yeah, like I said, he left to come back, keep his head down, and and he will because he's he's an inc incredible rider, and I think he's a very exciting talent. And like with Frankie de Tori retiring at the end of this season, you need all these kind of big figures coming forward and keeping the game kind of in the the the, the, the you know the the average person's mind. You know, you just know that there's going to be a big old jockey merry-go-round coming pretty soon with the retirement of de Tori and quite a bit more going on and the return of Machine Murphy. Those were this week's talking points. <laughs>